Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go, off and running on Follow the Money. This show is brought to you by DraftKings, Mitch Moss, Polly Howard. Back from vacation, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Loaded three hour program coming up today. A little golf betting. Some NBA futures to look at, mock draft season in the NFL, and college basketball as well. Last night was a really good card. We'll get into that, uh, the games that we have tonight, and uh, the future numbers available, bubble teams to get in, one seeds, all that jazz. Good to see you again, bud. How was vacation? Okay, good. Better than yours. I can tell you that. You took a bad beat, well, an all-time bad beat you had on vacation. Well, here, so, oh. you know, in our world, right, we always have like the week after the Super Bowl circled, like we know that we're going to take vacation around that time. Football season's done. You're kind of burned out. Time to get away for a little while. And you really look forward to, you know, if you do something, if you get away for a while. This is something that my wife and I planned so many months ago. I don't even know when we began to do it, to be honest. But we booked a trip to Hawaii. You know, you're trying to do the right thing. You try to be, you know, uh, get, get the family involved once in a while. My mom and dad went to Hawaii on their honeymoon back in the early 70s. Beautiful. They never made it back. My dad passed away four years ago. My mom turned 75 years old last November. We're like, Mom, we're taking you out to, out to Hawaii this year. We're going to have uh. a good time. We're going to see the island again, right? Super excited. Had a ton, ton of things planned. And if you, if, you go, if you rewind one week, we got to the big island late Tuesday night. So Wednesday was our first day. The first full day on the island. I was so violently ill that I don't even want to describe how bad it was on the air. What'd you eat? I, I, here's the thing. Early Wednesday morning, we went to a grocery store and we loaded up tweet. on the fresh pokey. I love pokey. Yeah. I think that's what did me in. Oh, boy. That night, and then it, just, it lasted four days. I was not even right until probably Saturday night. I don't even think I was right then. It's an all-time bad beat. 
horrible. I just I go feel on vacation right away. You get sick and you can't do anything. And then what? By the time you feel better, okay, it's time to leave. Oh, I know. It just yep. and I had I wanted to just like do a zillion things with my mom. Show around. Like one of the things that we had planned was to go on a long hike back to one of the beautiful waterfalls. Yeah, <laughs> scratch that Forget, idea. Yeah. yeah, no offense. It's not like you went to Des Moines too. I mean, you're yeah. going to Hawaii, so this is yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah. again, uh. we we had this. We booked the hotels. Um, I think I want to say back in like June or something like this. So it's like, you know, you have the conversations, you get it all. And I, I could sulk. I could be completely bitter, be bitter about the whole thing. I can't do that. Uh, mm. The Big Island is unbelievable. The people there are the salt of the earth. I would go back again tomorrow in a heartbeat. What is that, a five-hour flight? On the way there, it was six. Uh, yay. See, I, I hate airports. I hate flying. I am, I'm with you. you. You know, they sell dream water here now at the gift shop. The, the exact opposite of five-hour energy. Wow. You'll wake up on a Tuesday. You take right over that. here. Absolutely. They okay. Dream, uh, Derek Stevens knows everything. Yeah, but there's there's no so, there's no reason to feel that way. I mean, it's, yeah. I was dealt a bad hand. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel bad for my mom. And she still had I a know. great time, but... Yeah. So what are you going to do? Got that. Yeah. Well, we have something in common. I was violently ill watching the finale of True Detective. Look, you know, our, our producer, Luke, salt of the earth, nice guy. It he, was he, that bad? He was livid, too. It was, uh, they had so much momentum. Oh, God. The first five episodes were so good. And and just what happened, and it was, I was excited. I told you before you left, too. Yeah. Because I obviously didn't watch the fifth episode because it was the night of the Super Bowl. And that the fifth episode was strong. But it was 90 minutes, and something absurd happens right at the beginning, and then the the uh, ending was ridiculous, which it all goes back and ties into just how hard it is to stick the landing. Oh, yes. Breaking Bad, very good. But these shows that just cannot get that finale and nail it, this was, you know, it's only one season. It's different. There's four true detective seasons, but every season's different. Mm. Entirely new cast, everything. But this was, yeah, but when you're talking about a Breaking Bad, a Game of Thrones, and the abuse that still takes, and when you're talking five, four, four, five, six, seven seasons, same show. But no matter what it is, it seems how hard it is and difficult for them to stick the landing, and they and they are getting obliterated by the reviews and the fans who uh, were let down, and I, I don't blame them. Okay, well, let me ask you this, though, because I was going to catch up on the show beginning this week. I was super excited to get back in. You loved it. You weren't the only one the first four episodes or so. I heard that from a bunch of people. I mean, I reached out. Von Tobel loved it. He was excited. I mean, no, yeah. Would you advise me starting the show now, or was the ending so disappointing that you wouldn't, you wouldn't go there? Yeah, I'd still watch it. You would, okay. All yeah, right. I'd still give it a shot. Probably knock it out this I week. Know. Yeah. Okay. Tough. Well, we're back, and we go from the football season into you know the madness, and college basketball takes center stage now. I thought that everybody was saying after they blew out Marquette over the weekend that there was going to be the UConn Invitational again this year. Yep, I was ready to come in and say books have to put this up. UConn against the field, especially after what they did to Marquette. And then that happened, which they weren't playing a doormat. You're playing a top 20 team, but that's a great job by Creighton. Oh, they couldn't miss last night. Yes, excellent. Big win, and uh, that's really going to help them with seeding and could be a force to be reckoned with uh, come March. Who knows? Creighton was not a top four seed when the committee did the rankings recently. They were not in the top 16, but now their last two games, what they did to UConn last night – 14 of 28 from downtown. Yep. They have the capability. I mean, you're not going to shoot like that every game, obviously. Uh, if they did, they're going to run away and win the entire thing. But they can do that on any given night, and uh, they can beat anybody when they play that well. Uh, I know that's Captain Obvious checking in, but they are deep. They're talented. Um, and last night was an outlier because, you know, teams don't beat UConn down like that, no. No. Under, especially under Dan Hurley. I mean, he's too good of a coach. But they're combine that with what they did at Butler when they won by 20-plus points in the game over the weekend. Now they're trending in the right direction. And 
As for UConn, still going to be a one seed. And I can't remember a time ever, Paulie, where we're not even in March yet. And DraftKings has numbers up on the teams to be a one seed. And you have, well, the top three teams, it's absurd. Before UConn, uh-huh. before last night, UConn was minus 10,000. Purdue, the same number. Houston, minus 1,000. And Arizona, minus $5. Like, are we really two weeks away from March Madness even starting? And we have all four number one seeds already, like, locked up? That seems to be the case. Wow. Uh, I've seen Arizona 1-10. to 10. Now, they have that big game coming up Thursday against Washington State, which great story. They're ranked, and they're on fire. But uh, they should win out. And I've been disappointed uh, with Arizona this year, and, and especially how they played early on. But uh, Arizona should, I would say, only worst case, they lose one game. And Arizona should get there, too, again. And I think we these one seeds, the only team you really can make a case for would be Tennessee, if Tennessee can, can jump up and, and sneak in there as well. But the thing I refuse to believe and they kept showing it over and over and over again, is that UConn can't beat a ranked team on the road. The last time that happened was 2014. Memphis, I refuse to believe it. It can't be. They've lost 21 straight on the road against ranked opponents. Well, here's my question. How was this not really a thing until the game was going on last night? Never heard of it. No. No. I had no idea. No, sure. And the other one is the Harry Carey line. There's danger here, Sherry. You saw the betting splits and you just saw the public list lining up. What? UConn's only laying two and a half. Oh, yeah. And it was just an avalanche. Everyone had UConn. Uh, and I then, bet a money line last sure, night. Sure, and, and Creighton uh, takes them out no problem, right? Yep. But that's going – you've got two national titles. You've had great teams and talent, NBA players, and you haven't beat a ranked team on the road since 2014? Now, the Texas game earlier this year was a neutral, so you know, there's different ways to look at it, but that, that – I, yeah, I'm it doesn't like, make I'm any like sense. That, I'm like, that can't be real. That no, can't and, be and they true. were making a big deal out of it during the broadcast uh-huh. last night as well. And this is, you know, in, in the first half, it's already a bloodbath after UConn got hat, hot midway through the first half. And they start, like, talking about this, and it's, like, circulating on social media. And I'm like, well, wait a second here. Um, I know it's a trendy thing to discuss, but how? And everything gets pounded home nowadays with so much sports betting content. I never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. Had no clue that they struggled that badly on the road against ranked teams where it goes back a full decade and now 20-plus games. And yet they, like you said, cut down the nets twice. And last year, the run they had in the tournament was just a watershed or, or, right. or uh, um, a bolt race for every single game that they had against these teams in the tournament. Took out and everyone, no problem. Absolutely. Maybe the same thing happens. Maybe it's a good thing. Wake up call. Could be. Hurley said we didn't play well. We didn't coach well. Right. Maybe they were smelling themselves. I mean, after what they did against Marquette, think about that. Now, Marquette's a top five team, and they take them out, no problem. So maybe it's a good wake up call, and that's, you know, you never know. They're kids. Sure. Remember? Look at the Indiana State story. How good was that? You're ranked for the first time since Larry Bird. ESPN comes out, do a special on you, flies out to campus. They lose as an 18-point favorite at home. Yep, there and you then go. they lose again. So ranked. They'll, they'll be, they may be lucky to make the tournament now mm-hmm. because they can kiss the at-large chances goodbye. Yeah. As for that uh, final potential one seed, Arizona, they are basically using Bart Torvik. They're basically a projected double-digit favorite in all of their remaining games with the exception of at UCLA. And that includes Wazoo at home. Uh-huh. Tennessee, after last night, they were down at halftime to Missouri, came back and won the game. They get A&M, they get Auburn, they're at Alabama, at South Carolina, and Kentucky. Right. Now, that would be oh, a hell of a resume if they can yeah, well, keep if they this would, up. Yeah. If they would run the t- just lose one of those games, I, I, mm-hmm. 
I see multiple losses coming up, though, for Tennessee. Yeah. They're really, really good. They're really deep. Well, as do I, but I'm just, you know, making the case for a one seed. If, no, if no, sure. Can, yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. if they were to, if Tennessee runs the schedule and they only have maybe one loss, then yes, they have to be in the mix compared to Arizona for the final one seed. Because overall, then the resume is going to be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Torvik projects them out yeah. at 23 and 8 overall and 13 and 5 in the uh, SEC. Yeah. And that's an excellent job by DraftKings, too, to put that up and also have uh, odds on yes and no to make the tournament. Yeah. Which several teams are listed. And one team, they've, they've made it every year for like 20-some years. I can't believe their price, which we'll mention coming up. But that, that's an, a good job by DraftKings. Yep. Yep. A lot of good stuff to be betting on. And uh, at least for one night anyway, I think for the sake of the tournament, it's like, okay, now good. And it wasn't like this anyway, but the reaction after the Marquette win again was like, okay, well, UConn's yeah. going to go back-to-back here, and it's going to be simple come March. Mm-hmm. Never that easy. Never really that easy. Uh, it's followed the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard with you here early on a Wednesday morning. Up next, we will get into updated NBA futures, division numbers to look at, play-in odds, seeding, and much more coming up next here as we're live in Las Vegas, back from vacation. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. 
so much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard with you. Good to be back from the post Super Bowl vacation. We'll begin this hour looking at this week's PGA tour event as it's in Mexico. The Mexico Open takes place and our buddy Indy Jeff Seeley joins the program now, the Cutmaker podcast, and he's on X at Cutmaker Jeff. It's good to talk to you as always, buddy. Now, this is pretty cool because on your podcast this week, you know a guy who's on tour. His name is Eric Barnes. He's playing in this tournament this week. What kind of tidbits did Eric give you on the pod? Yeah, thanks, guys. It was it was great. Yeah, and talking to him a little bit last night and and really confirmed kind of a lot what I what what I had thought and what kind of the common narratives are this week. But it's interesting to hear it, especially from a guy who, frankly, had never played this course before. So one of the things that he mentioned was that the ball on you know, his drive just were not rolling out. He's like, usually on tour, we hit a drive, it's bounding down the fairway another 20, 30, 40 yards. He's like, the ball was just not rolling out which is something that is, is common with, with this, these types of fairways, the grass, these types of fairways, the ball just doesn't roll out as much. And, and, and he was mentioning on some, you know, long par fours, he's got, you know, a driving iron into, into the green on a par four, which is unheard of on PGA tour hitting five iron, six irons into the green on par fours, like not common at all. So this course is going to play incredibly long and while, you know, the fairways are huge, the greens are big, not overly difficult, pretty flat, it's just going to play long. And so, you know, you've got to be able to, A, carry your drive, but B, hit long irons in these greens, right? Because you, you're two putting for par or you're, if, you're, if you don't make reach the green, you're chipping up, then hoping to two putt or maybe one putt. And so, um, you know, and, and even he mentioned, he didn't think that, the scores were going to be incredibly low. He didn't think it would reach 20 under or so because, mm. because it's so long. Um, while it's not, again, it's not super hard, um, the, the length will be a defense. And certainly if there's wind, the wind is a massive defense in any of these coastal courses. So, um, I, again, the number one thing I'm looking for is who hits their long irons well. That's where I started this week. Can, are, you, are you still looking at guys in the, in the 15, 20, 30 to 1 range in light of what's happened since January? I mean, another bomb comes in with Matsuyama, and it's just been huge prices in every tournament. Yeah, I think the thing with Hideki, though, right, Paul, is that he's a major champion. Mm-hmm. Hideki's a Hall of Fame golfer. So, I mean, to, yes, the price was high on Hideki, and, you know, his form can come and go, but when you got a Hall of Fame golfer, that's a different kind of conversation versus a no name kind of relative no name coming in and winning. Um, and look, don't get me wrong. Given, given what it takes to win here, there are some of these, these guys, and we'll talk about a few bombs. There are some guys who can absolutely send it 
who could could have could very much compete this week. Um, you know, we'll talk about one guy at the top. The guy who's the favorite is consistently does that. But yeah, there are some guys. It wouldn't shock me if a bomb came in at all. But I, but I do. But I look at consistency, right? And there's some guys we'll talk about that are a lot more consistent that I can trust. And I'll sprinkle a few bombs in along the way. Okay. Well, because this event it does not exactly showcase the best in the world, um, and the guy who is power rated as the highest. Uh, with the highest power rating and the best golfer in this tournament happens to be Tony Finau. We know his history here. We've talked to you a lot about this guy and how frustrating it is to have him to win a ticket outright. H- how do you want to approach it this week? I can't bet Tony Finau when he's at this current number. Oh, gosh, no. I mean, it's. It, and I think the play is you bet him top 10 plus money. That's, that's the way I look at Finau, right? Um, you know, plus 110, plus 115. I think that's, that's, a, that's fine. That's a good bet. Um, again, to your point, though, I just can't with the putting. I just can't do it. I mean, the issue again. We talked about the putting. He's losing over three strokes putting per round, all the way back to last August. You know, the the fascinating thing is he randomly gained five strokes putting on here when he won last year, and then lost over two and a half strokes putting in his next five events. So in 2022, he gained eight strokes on just approach, 15 strokes tee to green in 2022 and lost two strokes putting, which ultimately cost him the tournament. So, again, I, I think Tony should, is, should be a lock to finish top 10 here um, and get him plus money. I love that. Um, another guy who's under 25 to 1, who I think, again, is, in, in this field, stands out as a talent is Keith Mitchell. Um, he's 17th in driver, driver carry, third in approach with his long irons. Again, we talked about those two things being really important issue for Mitchell is on greens like this, he struggles. He's 95th in the field and, and these type of greens. So um, we'll watch the putting with Mitchell, but if he gets there tee to green, I could see him being part of the conversation. So uh, I think you, I think he's a great, he's a great top 20 bet at plus money for sure. Given the talent in the field. Okay. How about some guys in the, in the 25, the, the 35, the one range. Yeah, guys, since we're in Mexico this week, I'm calling these guys the three amigos, and they're all in this kind of same range. But my pick to win is Taylor Pendrith, 25 to 1. Um, no matter how many ways I slice this, when I look at the relevant data, Pendrith is always near the top. Ninth in the field in driver carry, ninth on approach, and 15th in putting on these type of greens from call it 10 to 20 feet. So he comes in with a T9 at the Farmers in his last event, finished 30th here last year, so he knows he knows how to play here. Um, very, very interested in Taylor Pendrith, a guy who's at a similar price who we saw make a nice run a few weeks ago with Torrey Pines and Steven Yeager. Um, he struggled at Pebble, but really played well at Torrey Pines, 13th in carry distance, fourth in putting from 10 to 20 feet on, on the screen type. He's going to have to dial up his long irons a little bit, but he's played well here in the past with two top 20 finishes. So I think another top 20 finish at plus money on Yeager, I'm very interested in. And then Eric Van Royen, we've talked about a few times already this year, mm-hmm. 35 to 1. Aside from Phoenix, his form is really good. 20th, 25th, 52nd, and 22nd, going all the way back to Century. Finished 33rd here last year. He's got experience. He doesn't crush it off the tee. He's about field average, but he's got great long iron play, six in the field, and putting 15 from call it 10 to 20 feet on this green type. I like EVR here a lot. He has got good form good long iron play and can putt 35 to one 
fair price in this field. I'm very, very interested in all three of those guys. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Indy Jeff Seeley, the Cutmaker Podcast. And also, he's on X at Cutmaker Jeff. Okay, you mentioned that you like some bombs this week. Tell us who you like, but also, like, what other markets are you going to bet them in other than sprinkling some money on them to win it outright? Sure. So I, I, I'm going to start with Eric Barnes. Again, we talked about him. He's on the pod. And, um, and I and yes, he's, he's, a, he's a friend of mine. But part of the reason that I, I – the main reason I bet Barnes in is I bet him the top 40 market. I found him plus 180 to finish top 40. He was 52nd Amex, top 40 at the Farmers, which were tougher fields than this. So you can find him if you look around, especially in a, in a no-dead heat market, uh, plus 180, Barnes, top 40. Sprinkled a little 130 to 1 to win, but I, I do like him a lot, top 40, a plus 180. And then uh, Joseph Bramlett, 90 to 1, third in carry distance, 35th with his long irons, was 25th at the Farmers, finished 10th here last year. Um, again, you talk about a, a, a bomb who can win. Joseph Bramlett definitely could can finish top 10. We saw this. Would not surprise me if he's in contention here on Sunday. And Parker Cootie is just another young kid. Comes in 11th in driver carry, 20th on long iron approach. Phenomenal tee to green at the Farmers, where he gained almost seven shots tee to green at Torrey Pines. Long course. He's going to need to putt better, but he's an attractive bomb at plus 300 or so top 20 and 90 to 1 outright. So those are some bombs I'm, I'm interested in this week. I would, again, look at them all in the top 20 market to start and maybe a few bucks on the outright. All right, very cool. And again, great job this week. Eric Barnes is in the field. You made yeah. the case there for top 40 at plus 180, and he's on the podcast this week. Again, it's called the Cupmaker Pod. That's awesome, Jeff. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, it was, it was great to talk with him, and, and check it out. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you listen to those. And uh, we'll talk to you fellas again next week. All right, pal. Have a good weekend uh, with the <laughs> tournament. Now, Hideki Matsuyama, Paulie, was 150 to 1 going into the final round about that? on Sunday. Shoots a 62. Ooh, boy, did Cantley blow that. Of course he, he did. was terrible. Uh, but that was, I mean, because you're looking at it, and there's a five-way tie on the back nine. And then Matsuyama takes off and, and shooting the 69, and, and that far back comes back to win it, comfortably win it, by Yeah, he the way. did. Yeah. yeah. When he was in the clubhouse at 17-under, it's like, okay, is Willie Z going to do anything here? Oh, he's not? This tournament's over with. So that kind of turned in a hurry. Yeah. But when, when one, one, one guy puts together, that's the, how do you find that needle in the haystack, right? It keeps happening, I know. Right. I mean, Jeff's right. He's a big name, but he still was 80-1 to one pre-tournament. Sure. And then 150-1, to one, as you mentioned, going into Sunday. But at every single week, we've had a huge ticket cash. Yep. When's it going to correct itself? When do you get uh, chalky? But uh, you're right. It's hard to find that guy. These mm-hmm. have been, a lot of these guys have been no names. 500, 300, 200 to 1. Yep. Yeah, don't, don't be afraid to throw a couple of shekels down on top 20s, top, top 40s at all. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. that's Jeff's point. I mean, yeah, he's, he's buddies now with Eric Barnes, and he's 130 to 1. Okay, that would be great to come in, obviously. Like, so many of these tournaments are cashing so far, but the... If you like him this week, the top 40 is is pretty good at that number. Pendrith is a guy who I've read this week that many people like, and he's around 25, 27 to 1. That's Jeff's pick to win the tournament, and I'm seeing around plus 160, I believe, to be yep. top 20 for him this week. How concerned are you with Scheffler? That was, ooh, part of brutal. <laughs> I've never seen him be that. Well, he's, he's Tiger Woods if he ever gets uh-huh. that corrected. Uh-huh. But how long have we been saying that now? Three years? 
at least two. And it's just, it's the same thing every time, every day during a tournament is that this guy's going to run away from the field if he could putt. And he can't. We will look at the best and worst teams in the NBA in college basketball, ATS, and with totals coming up next. They're having such a remarkable season that it almost feels make-believe. We'll tell you the team next year on VEASAN. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VEASAN daily newsletter. Bill 80 tweets out today an email, what happened to UConn? Expert analysis, latest odds, straight to your inbox, absolutely free. VEASAN.com slash newsletter to subscribe. Brian Mahoney joins the program now. He has done a great job covering the NBA for the Associated Press for many, many years. Uh, and Brian, you have had a vote for the awards for a long, long time. But you told us uh, earlier today during the break, actually, that uh, you gave up your vote this uh, past off season. Why did you make that decision? Yeah, man, I'm just not comfortable with the 65 game minimum. I want to take a year to sort of evaluate that. You know, I thought going into it, uh, there could be a very credible reason why a guy can miss uh, a handful of games. Uh, we've seen it with Halliburton this year and, you know, I do think, you know, games played is important, but to me, it's not crucial. I want to be able to, you know, if I like a guy enough and I think he mattered to winning and he didn't play enough games, uh, there's a chance I'd want to vote for him anyway. So uh, I'm just not comfortable with it this year. I said, I want to step back and see how it all works out. Fair enough. The latest straw poll that was done by Tim Bontemps at ESPN showed that a hundred different NBA insiders uh, voted uh, for Nikola Jokic, actually first place overall for the MVP, 69 first place votes, 100 total votes in general, 889 points. He was ahead of Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Giannis, who came in third. I would ask you this, and I'll bring up Kawhi here as well, who was fifth. And in the previous draw poll, Brian, he was unranked. If the Clippers or the Thunder get the one seed, don't you think that Kawhi or SGA will have an incredible case to edge out Nikola Jokic for the MVP? I think so. And certainly if it's a thunder, uh, because mm-hmm. you look at what SGA has done with scoring, leading the league in steals and a team that, you know, we didn't expect to be shooting for a one seed this year. So yeah, uh, part of me thinks I, he certainly would be a guy that if they get that one seed, why, you know, certainly possible, but I think they have such a little balance with George also and Harden. Uh, it makes it hard for him to stand out maybe a little more than SGA does on his team, but uh, certainly they both have a case. I'll give you another guy. What if the Ca- it's going to be tough? The Cavaliers, I don't think, can track down the Celtics for the one seed, but they can land with the two seed. Yes. And this has been where it hasn't been completely ba- balanced. I think Mitchell has done a great job carrying the Cavaliers. If they finish with the two seed and win, I don't know, 55 games, can Mitchell, you think, steal this award? He, you know, Cleveland people have been frustrated why he doesn't get enough attention. Uh, he's a guy worth talking about. You know, can he actually win or, or you know, who knows? Uh, but he certainly, I think, deserves a little more of a discussion than where he ends up. He does get overlooked for how well that team has played and, and how terrific he's been. Do you think that's the same thing then when we're talking about coach of the year? It's wh- whoever's going to get the one seed in the West? Who do you? Because Dagnall has been the favorite for much of the year, but you know, if Finch is right behind him, how how would you see Coach of the Year when it's all said and done? I, I think it's those one, two, Paul, in the order you just named them. Uh, I think Oklahoma City, you know, right now would be, be the guy. Mark would be the guy I'd pick. Uh, you know, if Minnesota wins the West, 
Finch is a guy who's going to get votes as well. But but I think I think those two probably it's going to come down to. And right now I'd lean a little bit more Oklahoma City just because I've been so surprised by how far up the standings they are. Maybe a little ahead of schedule. Okay, how things have changed with the teams you cover, right? Where it was that the Nets could be a force and they get Durant and they get Kyrie and actually the Knicks it worked out for them that they didn't go didn't work they didn't get Durant and how that worked out with Kyrie the future is so bright for the Knicks and they are so well run with loaded all these first round picks and now you look at the Nets where number one the Pierce Garnett thing was a debacle and now you just what what transpired with Harden Kyrie and Durant and they don't have any picks moving forward. And now you get rid of Jock Vaughn. I can't believe that, that how things have flipped there with those two teams that you cover. No, it's true. And it happened quick. And, you know, it, it ran. It's not that long ago we looked at the, the situation after Durant and Kyrie went to the Nets and everybody was kind of laughing at the Knicks. That's right. Everything the Knicks, everything the Knicks have done then is right, pretty yeah. much. You know, they went, they went and got Randall, who's been a guy you'd love to have, the way he plays. Uh, you know, the, mood, the trades they've made have worked out. Getting Brunson has been so much better than I think any of us thought he was going to be. Uh, and the Nets have done everything wrong since then. You know, it's, uh, I mean, and I guess they did uh, okay in the Phoenix trade, getting Bridges back, but uh, in the Durant trade, but everything else is kind of falling apart. They fire a coach one year after extending them. I just don't necessarily get the entire reasoning behind that. Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of work to do, and, and it's going to take a few years for sure. Do you have an update on Randall? And, and also, how, how do you think if, what this team can do then once Randall's back, OG's back, and if they could maybe get a two or a three seed and make some noise in the playoffs? I think it's possible for sure. I think, you know, you always hope that if you're going to have injuries, they happen before the playoffs, and maybe that works out for the Knicks now. Uh, you know, Randall, they say, is coming along. OG last night, uh, he said he's feeling better. Um, you know, so, look, if those guys can get back in, in March and you can have you know, a nice month almost to, to get them all ready. Uh, they have a shot for sure. I mean, they were playing as well as anyone yes. before those guys got hurt. No doubt about that. Yeah, and I think if we were having this conversation, Brian, I don't know, a month and a half ago, maybe not even that far back, you'd look at it and say, well, the Bucks. I mean, I still have faith in them turning it around. And also the 76ers before the NBA injury, going to be tough again this year for the Knicks. How the things have changed, though, at the very top of the Eastern Conference, uh, and it tells you that it's a long season and anything can happen. Yeah, and for sure. And, you know, you, you look at you say, okay, Boston, I think everyone looks says, all right, look, they are the best. We get that. But, you know, one injury can change things, even for a team that good. And, and you know, you look at the way Cleveland has gone on a nice extended run. The Knicks, we talk about how good they played in January. You know, they did a great job at the deadline, I think, getting uh, Bojanovic and, and Burks in there. So uh, in a seven-game series, I can't rule out any of those teams. Uh, you know, they, when you play as well as they have for that long, you're certainly a good enough team. Yeah, well said. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Brian Mahoney, he covers the NBA for the Associated Press. I said earlier today in the show, I think my most important question that I need, I need answered in the second half of the season, and nobody can predict this, it just got it. We got to see how it plays out. And that question is, are we going to get all-star weekend Damian Lillard in the second half for the Milwaukee Bucks? Where are you at overall with it, with this team? It has been a roller coaster of a season through the first 50 plus games of the year. That's a, it's a great question, Mitch. I'm honestly not sure. Uh, you know, it's sort of almost the reverse. I think what I just said about Cleveland and, and New York, when yep. you play as poorly as Milwaukee is inconsistently as they have for so long, you kind of think maybe that's what they are. Uh, you know, they don't defend the way they used to. They made a coaching change at a time that even a great coach can have trouble adjusting a team at this time of year. Um, you know, I'm not going to rule it out, but 
they're clearly not as good as we thought going into the season they were going to be, and they're clearly not as good as Boston. So, you know, I don't know where that leaves them, but I don't, I don't give them a, a title shot like maybe I would have in, you know, June or July when they, when they made that trade. We love this sport. The talent's ridiculous. Uh, I, I love watching this night in, night out. You've covered the sport and love it for a long time. I think some of it's a little ridiculous going back, but um, what would you think of what transpired with the All-Star game? And I think the disappointing thing was there was supposed to be a lot of talk of effort and it was going to be competitive, and then it was anything but. What, what, how would you fix it? What do you think of the criticism? Yeah, you know, well, I, you know, I, there's so many ideas that everyone has. I don't know what, what you can really do. Uh, you know, uh, it was too bad because, you know, even some of the games that I covered that were good ones, they were only really good in the fourth quarter. You know, guys mm-hmm. want to mess around in the first three quarters and, you know, shoot some deep ones. I get that. Um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe extend the rosters. We've talked about maybe going to 15 instead of 12. Maybe you find three more guys who would play hard, who aren't, you know, LeBron and Durant, who aren't going to go all out in the fourth quarter anymore. And maybe uh, if you had three younger guys from teams who maybe this is their only shot, maybe they would play hard. You get the right five guys out there in the fourth quarter and you get a game. But, uh, you know, the, the, by the fourth quarter, it was time to change the channel. That just wasn't any yeah. fun. And, uh, and hopefully they can find some solutions because that, you know, look, it, it's, it's fun to watch early on some of the stuff the guys do, but you do want to at some point see basketball and just never materialize this year. I know with contracts as big as they are, a lot of people are, they're going to be insulted by the idea of, Hey, if you pay players to be in the slam dunk contest, then we're going to get bigger names involved uh, because, you know, $60 million contracts. Why do you got to pay guys more money? But do you think that would get bigger names involved in this, in that event over the weekend? You know, not really, because unfortunately, the guys we want to see in there, that money doesn't matter to them. You know, the money that if you extend the prize money, that helps the guys who aren't superstars. They'll need the money, but it's not going to still get LeBron or John Morant or those guys in, I don't think. So, you know, I, I joked, and, you know, if you want to make it, you know, get it, everyone in to do all in, immediate free agency to all the winners, you know, and just say, look, if you, if your team wins the all-star game, your contract expires, you're a free agent and get a max contract. You know, it's, if they, if these guys want money, that's the only thing that's going to do it, a long-term contract. But again, it's silly. You can't really do that, but $1 million yeah. or is not going to make a difference. No. Yeah. Great to talk to you, my friend. Enjoy the second half. Right. Thanks guys. Take care. Thanks, there you Brian. Go. Love Brian Mahoney, longtime writer covers the NBA for the Associated Press. Well, the, the, the embarrassment factor. You don't want to. What if you lose to a guy in a G League? How about you the know? pride factor? Yeah, I mean, guys don't guys don't want to do it, and that's that's been that way for a long, long time. I mean, the biggest names, Dominique Jordan, they used to do it, and now, it, yeah, that's uh, the run by well, Vince Carter. Sure, but the other thing is, it's like this is a valid point. What haven't we seen yet? The, from creativity, uh, what am I going to do? Every dunk has been done. You can't keep doing it every year where it's like, what am I going to come up with now? Everyone has seen every possible dunk. Up next, a visit inside Mitch and Pauly's Pizzeria. Some long shot bets to consider. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Good to have a few days off for vacation. Football over with. And now you concentrate on March Madness coming up, college basketball. Yeah, all right. Your right. big boys in the second half of That's the right. NBA season yep. as well. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Uh, hello, Mitch. A couple other th- I wanted to mention a couple other things. I hit my first ever Royal Flush on Pygow on vacation. On Pygow? Yeah. $6 bet paid $1,250. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Where was the that Royal at? Royal with cheese. It was uh, off strip. Okay. I know you don't like the game. Oh, that's, pr- that's cool. You. Yeah. Still, the uh, progressive has never hit here since they've opened. That's the seven-card straight flush, okay. which is al- almost half a million dollars. But this was the Royal, and I had the Joker. You, I was going to say, and you I can use the Joker. Joker as part of it, too. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a fun game now. Uh, it's, and it, I, li- I like the face-up. Well, the fa- They've changed things with the face-up because they used to be right. you had to pay the insurance and all that. It took so long. Right. So, and now uh, they've, they've changed the game, and, uh, and I, I did that in vacation with the girl. Okay. I'll explain why I don't like the game Pygo. I'll give it another shot. Okay. Your Royal has me excited. However, when I first moved out here again more than 20 years ago, people said, Mitch, they should call it Pushkow. Right. right. It's a great, great. And, you just sit at the table with the guys. You drink for free. Here come all the comp drinks. And it, you push a lot because you got to win. There's two hands. Two exactly on top right. and five down low. You got you to beat them both. Yep. And I, every single time that I sat down... I'm like, this game completely sucks. What happened to all the pushes? I lost every single time. Like, this game's awful. Yeah. Why, do I, why do I want to play this? Aren't you? Yeah. You've had bad experiences. Yeah, yeah, no fun. Got that. Yep. You know what also happened to me? First time ever? Got a rash? That the, the, the waiter handed me the wrong bill. Okay, explain this. And then the manager had to get involved. Thank God I checked. I used my points when I paid. Yeah. And I'm looking at it because I had a steak and uh, a soda. And he goes, okay, you got $350 left. 
And I look, I go, and it's just, I don't drink, and it's all It's all cocktail. alcohol. I see Belvedere and all this. I go, what is this? He gave me the wrong bill. So imagine if I had paid with the credit card and the fiasco that would have been, because then they would have had to flip it, reverse it, come back, charge this, and then to give it, he gave me the wrong bill. In a, in a haste, he was in a hurry, and he uh, handed me the wrong bill. So that bill was how much more than your bill? Oh, Three, four times? Yeah, it was a $500 bill, uh-huh. the one he gave me. Did you that ever well? happen to you? No, no, I don't think that's ever good, happened to me before. No, good steak, but that was no oh, good. So other thing I did is I took a look at this. And again, this is... I you guess had a good I vacation. It was fun, yeah. A lot of fun. Um, a lot of places now offer this for... And this will be, be a nice shot in the arm for the NBA regular season when LeBron is going to get his 40,000th career point. DraftKings offers, how will he do it? Two-point field goal, three-point field goal, free throw. Two points minus 160, three-point plus 260, free throw plus 390. But my guy Tony pointed this out too, but I have some fun like this. So I see he maybe there's a chance he doesn't even play tomorrow sure. when they take on the Warriors. But what game will he do it? And the menu was so creative here with stuff you can bet. And, you know, a little part of me, a little tinfoil hat guy, too, going back to the Milwaukee thing with the Friday night. If he, if he hits his average, which is 25 a game, he'll do it March 2nd against Denver. But that's assuming he plays every game. They play the Clippers at, in crypto, even though the Clippers are the home team. But that starts a run where there's eight straight games at home or in crypto arena for LeBron. If he averages 35 a game, he, can, he would need 27 to do it against the Clippers at the end of February. He's only had 35 points back-to-back once this year. There is a back-to-back coming up where he plays the Clippers, and then they play Washington at home. You would think he would set that game out. They don't need him. Washington's terrible. I factored that in. Well, okay, the schedule is not going to be easy here. Right. Right, at his age. Sure. Especially already if like we're... Because, yeah, good point. Because, because they, play, they play March 2nd, 4th, 6th, 8th, and 10th. Sure, but even like at the starting tomorrow night, it's a back-to-back already. They play Thursday and Friday. And then, oh, by the way, Paul, they play on Sunday again. Uh-huh. And then later on in the week, it's a back-to-back, like you just said, Wednesday right. and Thursday, so I'm Clippers already, and Washington. I'm already ca- drawing a line there where he's going he's gonna to miss that Washington. Maybe just the, yeah, he's going to play the Clipper game. I think he's going to miss the Washington game. So then that throws that out. So then I'm, that's why I'm looking at Milwaukee as well. You also can bet at Sacramento, which is March 13th, you can bet at Sacramento or after that's 10 to 1. I kind of like that. The Milwaukee is now 11 to 1, which I, I, I grabbed 10 at uh, Will Hill. At SAC, 313 or after is 10 to 1. And then they also offer uh, the Denver game, March 2nd, or before. And then they have the OKC game, the 4th, or after, which that's offered. And then you really get into some big prices if you're talking about mid to late March, if something would happen, injury. Or something, and if you really want to get crazy, like he's Superman, and he goes off, is that that Clipper scenario which I just went over? If he averages thirty-five a game, he would need twenty-seven to do it against the Clippers. That is fourteen to one. I like the angle of him hitting this milestone again. James has scored point number forty thousand in the regular season. I like it Kings or later based on the schedule again, and he might be sitting a night or two. Mm-hmm. Because also, like, LeBron likes to dictate things. When would 
mm-hmm. like the the limelight oh, sure. be There's completely the, on him. That's right. I'm looking at that Friday night angle. Well, Milwaukee, and that's all right. Well, how about Saturday? How about the next week? Okay. Saturday against Golden State at home in L.A. Okay. That's going to be a national TV game, right? My guess is right now it's scheduled for 8.30 Eastern, so that tells you it's going to be on ABC, although it's not listed right now when I click on the game. That, to me, would make a ton of sense. How about that? Wait, 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 wait. You're going March 16th? Yes. Where are you going? March 16th. That's Okay, that's out. Okay. Yeah. Again, that my assumption here would be that LeBron's not going to p- play in all of these games yeah. before the That's end of this month and then early on in March either. Okay, so here's where you, you might have something. Because if they lose a couple games here out of the break, they're going to know it's like we're going to just have to accept our fate. Between our schedule, which you outlined, which how difficult it was um, earlier in the show, that they're just going to be, we're going to be in the playing. And mm-hmm. there's nothing we can do about it. And that's why it's like, I'm sitting out this game. Because you're playing good teams. Look at this. Denver, OKC, SAC, Milwaukee, Minnesota, SAC. That's Look all, at that, that That's all March. Look at out of the yeah, gates right. at Golden State tomorrow night. And they're four and a half. I, don't, I think I like the Lakers a little bit. But they're, they're getting four and a half. And they just yeah. played that epic game. One of the best regular season games I've seen ever. Sure. Uh, the last time they played. So, right. And also you, at Phoenix and at the Clippers. Yeah. And who, he probably misses that San Antonio game, right? Why would he, they're going to win that game? Why would he play that game? So don't play him in the back to back and save him, because then as I talked about, because you're right, you're playing twenty eighth, 29th, second, fourth, sixth, eighth, tenth. And right. if something you tweak something, right? You miss two games, then that's really where those big tickets come in and cash. I'm going to take a shot on him, the Kings game or after. Okay, the the uh, you want the ten to one there? Yeah, I'll take the ten to one. Okay, yeah, I think yeah. Also, because then you're looking like the Minnesota game is thirty to one. Can I can I flip it here? What if they come out of the gates here, and they win the first two, and then they beat the Suns, and they realize, okay, now things are cooking. We're kind of figuring things out right now. Let's keep the winning ways going, and let's not be in the playing game if possible. And then he's playing in oh, all these games. That would be enormous, right? That'd be huge. Then he's gonna then he's gonna right. beat it very early right. on in March. Right. This isn't getting enough attention. I mean, the, 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 we could. There's an excellent chance Golden State plays the Lakers in the nine ten. Uh huh. The loot. Your season's over. One game. All oh, the ratings would be awesome for that. Sure. Game. LeBron against Curry, and the loser goes home. And then you might get Dallas Phoenix or Dallas, you know, someone like that too. But that's you got to do everything you can to get out. Now I worked out for him last year. But the bracket, everything went right for him. It did. You got a Memphis team that was banged up and had no size. And you took on Golden State and you buried them down low. They had no size. But you also were down big in the playing against Minnesota. Yeah. And, you were, and Minnesota imploded in the fourth quarter there. Yep, all true. It's a good prop. It is. I like it. And it's so Creative. much stuff. Yes, it is. In so many different ways. You can bet it as well. Now, so do you see, that. Was that is that 10 to 1 sec or later? Is that at DK? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's only at DK. William Hill and Caesars have... Uh, just based on the games, too. And then also DraftKings, I mentioned, uh, has the, how, the method, how he's going to do it. Okay. But I think as we get closer, too, expect more, more creativity and more books to put that up. How many teams are you going to draw a line through in the Western Conference, by the way? You got to do it. You can't, I mean, all these teams, you can't make a case for to do it, right? We had that during pizza bets earlier on. Somebody was making yeah. the case. They said, give me the Mavs at 25 to 1. I now, think- a lot of people are making the case for Golden State. And I, and I respect Von Toba, but I can't get there. No, neither can I. It's a, you look at the path. You're going you're gonna to be in the playing. 
I mean, unless you really catch fire because your schedule's easy and you somehow can get like the six, but I don't think that's going to happen because I still think it's been catching teams at the right time. And while they're get they got some guys back to, and benching Clay Thomas or Clay Clay Thompson, and then what he did off the bench against Utah. Sure. But I just think things have been going their way here during this uh, nice stretch. Is it possible here that the defending champs actually have a chip on their shoulder? Yes, no one's talking about them. Do I have this right? I don't pay attention to the All-Star game. I, I, don't, I don't watch it. I, do, I don't get involved. Jamal Murray was not an All-Star. I, I saw it. The reason why I know that is because Aaron Gorn got retweeted into my timeline saying this is ridiculous. Yeah. Why he's not an All-Star? Like, that's one edge that they have, right, to themselves now. The other one is all this talk about every team in the Western Conference. We ran through the playoffs last year, and really nobody's yeah. talking about Denver. Sure. That also ties into the MVP, though. Are we sure Joker's going to win it if they get like the six? No, I, I'm not. Because you're—I no. know he's done it before. But then you're talking about guys who are going against the guy who's going to win it. The team's going to have the one seed with the Kawhi, and that's when the SGA thing really would hurt him. I think. Oh, so do I. Up next, we'll recap last night's betting action and win some, lose some here on Follow the Money. It's Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.